Hello, and welcome to Bought at a Price podcast. My name is Hannah, and it is my pleasure to bring you this combination of God's Word and science. There's nothing that Sarah and I love more than being able to combine the two to help women of God grow as the amazing, beautiful, strong temples that you are. Today, we are starting a series of podcasts and blog posts on mindfulness. And so to start, the question is, mindfulness and Christianity, do they mix? Mindfulness is something you've likely heard of in some context or another, and it's become the hot way to fix all that ails us. From stress and anxiety to overeating, mindfulness promises to show us how to solve life's problems. The question is, what is mindfulness and is it something Christians should partake in? So this podcast is going to explore what mindfulness is, where it originates, and what God's Word says about mindfulness practices. In John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus tells us, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I pray that as that you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal God's truth as you prayerfully listen to this podcast. So, the history of mindfulness. Modern mindfulness movement was started by a man named John Kabat-Zinn. John is a molecular biologist, a Buddhist, and the founder of the Stress Reduction Clinic at the University of Massachusetts. John reframed his Buddhist teachings to form modern mindfulness-based stress reduction, mindful yoga, and his research into the effects of mindfulness on pain, anxiety, brain, and immune function. It's important for Christians to realize that mindfulness has its roots in Zen Buddhism. It's these Buddhist teachings that John retooled into modern-day mindfulness practices and techniques. An English translation of the original Buddhist teachings on mindfulness can be found at the link I'm dropping into the show notes for this podcast. So if you want to take a real deep dive look into the roots and foundation for all that John Kabat-Zinn reframed, take a look at that link in the show notes. So now that we know where mindfulness came from, let's explore what modern mindfulness is. Just a little snapshot. So the original Buddhist discourse on mindfulness states that mindfulness is the direct path for the purification of beings, for the overcoming of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and distress, for the attainment of the right method, and for the realization of unbinding. In other words, the four establishings of mindfulness. Um, what? If you're like me, when you hear that, you're kind of scratching your head and saying, oh yes, that sounds like a whole lot of really pretty words all put together with little to no actual direction or meaning. 
So psychology today has this definition for mindfulness. A state of active, open attention on the present. When you're mindful, you observe your thoughts and feelings from a distance without judging them good or bad. Instead of letting your life pass you by, mindfulness means living in the moment and awakening to experience. That's a little easier to understand. Others defined mindfulness as self-examination of one's thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, and emotions with no judgment of their being right or wrong. The big question for Christians is whether or not modern mindfulness practices have a place in our life. Should we do what those definitions are asking? To answer those questions, we're going to turn to our guidebook. God's Word, the book He gave us for finding truth and direction. The questions we're going to answer come from the original Zen Buddhist definition of mindfulness. The best place to start is at the source, right? So the questions we're going to answer are, is there a place for modern mindfulness in Christian's life? What does God's Word say the direct path is? How does God's Word tell us to overcome sorrow and lamentation? How does God's word tell us to handle pain and distress? What does God's word say about the four establishings of mindfulness, body, feelings, mind, and mental qualities? Today, we're going to provide short answers to each of these questions, and in subsequent podcasts, we're going to go into more depth on specific mindfulness practices and how God's word tells us to handle each of them. So let's answer those questions. Is there a place for modern mindfulness in a Christian's life? The short answer to that question is no. As Christians, we are told in 1 John 2.15, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's impossible to align biblical faith with a Buddhist worldview. The Buddhist view states that we're connected to the cosmos and that mindfulness facilitates that connection. God's word says Christians are his image bearers and that we're to live our lives connected to God, period. Modern mindfulness teaches people to escape reality and God tells us, Even to our old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Isaiah 46, 4. So the second question, what does God's word say the direct path is? John 14, 6 provides the most basic answer to this question. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And Proverbs 3.6 instructs us to, in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. The only path, the direct path to anything in life, is found in Jesus. When we choose to follow Christ, He leads us through every second of our lives. In John 14, 16-17, Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper who will be with you forever. That Helper is the Spirit of Truth. 
Jesus left us with the same helper he had, the Holy Spirit, so that we are able to successfully walk the path of life God chose for us. The third question, how does God's word tell us to overcome sorrow and lamentation? Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. And 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comfort, uh, comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. That's powerful. Little rabbit trail, though. Suffering and sorrow are the result of the condition of sin and not always a person's specific action. Sorrow and mourning are a normal part of life because they're a natural response to the pain sin causes. The sorrow of death is the ultimate result of the sin condition. But Romans 8 reminds Christians that we have been set free from the law of sin and death and to consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. When life makes us sorrowful, God is the one we're to turn to. We can trust that when we turn to God and follow the path He has for us, it'll be filled with blessings, the blessings of being liberated from bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory as children of God. As you wait eagerly for your adoption to sonship, the redemption of your bodies, find comfort knowing that the weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. All right, how does God's word tell us to handle pain and distress? I love how Psalm 91 broaches the pain of life. This passage tells us that God is our refuge and fortress and that God delivers us from anything that could harm us. It continues by telling us, He will cover you with His pinions, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Because of human sin condition, pain, like sorrow, is guaranteed. It also comes in many forms, emotional, physical, mental, relational, Regardless of the pain source, we're to find refuge in the Lord and do as Isaiah 41.10 reads, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God and God alone heals all pain. What does God's word say about the four establishings of mindfulness? First, The four establishings of mindfulness are body, feelings, mind, and mental qualities. This one is big because when we choose to follow Jesus, our bodies no longer belong to us. They're God's. 1 Corinthians 6, 19b-20, bought at a price is key verse, says you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. If our bodies are God's, that means our feelings, mind, and mental qualities are also His. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has understood the mind of, Christ, mind of the Lord so as to instruct Him? But we have the mind of Christ. And Philippians 2.5, 
have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And John 2.6 tells us that whoever says he abides in him, Jesus, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. As Christians, your feelings, mind, and mental qualities should be in alignment with God's word. You have the mind of Christ and are told to live your life imitating Jesus Christ, not figuring out the four establishings of mindfulness. God created you and knows every aspect of your life. Establish yourself in Him and allow God to direct your steps, bring you peace, heal your pain, comfort you, and provide your every need. In closing, (laughs) that's a lot of stuff. At its root, mindfulness doesn't have a place in Christians' lives. But that doesn't mean they're not a godly way to mindfully approach life. God's word tells us to be aware of our actions, to keep our soul diligently, to pay careful attention to yourselves, and to keep your hearts with all diligence. Over the next several weeks, we're going to further unpack mindfulness. We'll explore how the scientific benefits of mindfulness can be reframed in a Christian perspective. We'll dig deeper into how God's Word defines mindfulness and how meditating on God and praying without ceasing connect to having our minds set on things above. We'll tackle the stress, anxiety, worry, pain, food, our bodies, and waiting on the Lord. Yikes. (laughs) We're covering a lot in the coming weeks, aren't we? Stay tuned because true freedom and healing are found only in God. The things we'll be covering will help you grow as a woman of God and also help you disciple those around you. Until then, I pray that you put Romans 12, 1 through 2 into action, and I appeal to you, therefore, sisters, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Friday, we'll be unpacking the stress, anxiety, and worry side of mindfulness. Stay tuned. And until then, ladies, keep your mind set on God. And if you ever have any questions, you can always reach out to us at contact at God bless.